Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Welcome once again. What a delight and a privilege to be able to share God's word with you. We are continuing on our journey. We are studying the book of Jonah and we are looking at Jonah and he's the prototype for experiencing God's mercy. We said that the book of Jonah is not about the fish because the fish is only mentioned four times. It's not about Jonah. I think Jonah is mentioned about 17 or 18 times, but it's about God. God is mentioned about 34 times in that book of Jonah. If this is your first time joining us, well, what do I say? Okay, let me just make a quick recap. So in the past lessons, we we talked about the mercy of God. We've looked at what God's mercy is, characteristics of God's mercy, you know, why we need God's mercy. We've um, started to look at Jonah itself, look at the commission of Jonah, the word of God that came to him. We said the word of God coming to Jonah is a function of the mercy of God. And we have the word of God with us today. We talked also so much about the fact that Jonah decided not to do what God wanted him to do. We said it was a new thing. It was something he was not interested in. And we found out that further down the Lord, the study would see why Jonah wasn't interested at all in doing what God wanted him to do. He, he didn't mind receiving God's mercy, but he had his thoughts and his minds about who and we should not receive the mercy of God. You know, one of the things we said is for us to receive mercy, we need to remember that as God's children, we should be merciful as our Father is merciful. So there's been several things that we've learned along the way. And uh, in our last study, what we did was uh, we did quite a lot. Actually, we went further down in that particular chapter one. Uh, one of the things we learned in that particular chapter one is the fact that Jonah paid his fare. We said it is good for us as children of God to pay our fare. We said that sometimes we disobey because we think we have a better plan than God. And we said disobedience is actually the sin of idolatry where we put ourselves before God. Jonah was more concerned about his reputation than, than about the heart of God. And we said that God wants us to have his heart. You know, God wants to pardon people. God loves to show mercy. And as his children, we should love to show mercy also. And so we began to look at the fact that Jonah experienced mercy. He disobeyed God and he, the sheep did not immediately fall into pieces. Rather, the Bible says that God sent a storm. And we say that there are several reasons why we can get storms in our life. Sometimes we get a storm in our life because God is trying to show his glory. We saw that in the life of um, that man that was born blind when Jesus' disciples asked to say, oh, um, who've sinned and all that. And Jesus said, listen, this is for the glory of God. We said sometimes God's storms is working to refine us sometimes he's working to chastise us as we see in the life of Jonah he says sometimes the storms is just for God to show us that he's enough and you know those are different reasons that storms could occur and sometimes we don't even know why storms can occur because I know there's always this tendency where we always 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 want to know the reason for this and the reason for that but the truth is that we cannot know all that sometimes we need to give it all up to the sovereignty of God and remember that he has our back and he is good and he is kind hallelujah and then we looked at the fact that when the storm came, different things happened. When the storm came, people began to pray. They prayed to their gods. We said it's good that we should turn to prayer in times of trouble, but we should make sure that prayer is not 
something that we do only when we're in trouble. A time of prayer should also be a time of fellowship and should not be when we need something. We all know how it feels when we have those friends who every time they call us and we see their numbers on our phone, we can tell that they are calling to ask something. Even though they start the conversation with a little greeting, we know that at the end of the day, if you leave them to the basics, they will ask what they always ask. And every time they call, they always have something they need from us. We know we don't really like those friends, you know, and that's how we should also treat our prayer. We shouldn't let our prayers to God always be about give me, give me, give me. One of the things we said then was that the part from the fact that the sailors, yes, they pray to their gods. The Bible says after they pray, they lighten the ship. And that was something we learned last week. I said they did something about the prayers. Although they had prayed, you know, and we're saying, thinking they thought that they did what was reasonable to do. I think that's the thing. Did what was reasonable to do. They didn't just like remember those days in school when people would not read and they would just be like, oh, the Holy Spirit will help you remember. You know, they did what was reasonable to do. And some people felt that way, got kicked out of the medical school. Why? Because they were not serious with their studies and they thought the Holy Spirit was going to help them remember something that they didn't read. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way, child of God. Hallelujah. It doesn't work that way. So this sailor showed us another pattern. Remember that part of the reasons why we study God's words is to see patterns, principles, and promises, making sure that our lives are actually being tailored to what we can see. And we see here that the, the sailors, the Bible says, they lighten their ship. And then they eventually found Jonah. <laughs> when they found Jonah, guess what happened? They said some things to Jonah and uh, Jonah had to be evicted out of the house. But let's go there. So let's turn our Bibles. This is wherever you are. Let's turn our Bibles at this time back to Jonah chapter 1. And I'm just going to do a recap there. I'll just try and read all up to where we want to. So this is from the New International Version. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amita. Go to the city, to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because his wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. Remember the last time we said, the fact that something works does not always prove that it is God because sometimes Satan can bring providence to you for that port. After paying the fare, he paid his fare. He went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Verse 4, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Verse 5, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. All the sailors, everybody around him, they were afraid. But the Bible says, but Jonah had gone down below death where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all the trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And then he answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. The one that made the sea and the dry land, they were terrified. And they asked, so what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. So the sea was getting tougher and tougher. The sea was getting tougher and tougher. What should we do to make the sea calm for us? 
that pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and to become calm. I know that this is my fault and this great storm has come upon you. Uh, let's see. And then if we read on for that, it tells us that the men didn't really want to do that, but they eventually did that. So let's go back again to where we stopped. Bible says that the Lord sent a storm. So we see God. God can make use of anything to get at our attention sometimes. And we see him, he's using the storm. I remember that Jonah said to these people, listen, the God that I serve, he's made the sea, he's made the heavens, he's made everything. So God is able to use any of these things at his disposal to bring us to a point where he wants us to get to. And the Bible says here that all the sailors were afraid. And we know, again, last week we studied that they began to pray. And after praying, they did something, they lightened their ship. But in the midst of this trouble, guess what? Bible records that. Jonah is down in the ship. He's sleeping. Excuse me. He's oblivious to all that is happening to the people. But all that's happening to the people is because of him. Last week, we talked about the fact that sometimes our disobedience affects, most times actually, affects the people around us. And when we commit a sin, usually it's not just us alone. You know, sometimes it affects the people around us. And hence, there's a reason for us to hold ourselves accountable even to the people around us. And the Bible says that, I mean, the captain found Jonah. Thank God they decided to look at him. I wonder that guy, that Hebrew-looking person who paid for who paid the fair ways. They found Jonah and then they asked him. And then when they asked him, we see Jonah replying very proudly who he was, what he does, you know, and saying to them, oh, he's the one serving the true God. And yes, he's the one serving the true God, but is he behaving like somebody serving the true God? No, not at all. The Bible says that they asked him what he did. And I like the fact that these people were able to ask. And child of God, I think we'll come to a point where we begin to ask ourselves, do we ask the right questions? Are we objective about the kind of questions we ask, especially when there's a problem? Because sometimes when there's a problem in relationships, or there's a problem between us and someone, we find ourselves, you know, bringing up unnecessary things. But these people ask the questions that needed to be asked. And we need to ask the right questions so that we'll be able to diagnose what the problem is. They're able to ask the questions to find out what exactly is going on there. And because they asked the right questions, they were able to get the right answers. And, you know, the Bible says that he told, and the good thing here about Jonah is Jonah owns up. You know, he's responsible. He's able to take responsibility for his actions. He's able to say, listen, I'm the one who has done wrong that we're suffering here. He doesn't hide under, shout of God, what do we do when we are wrong? When people accost us, do we turn it into a fight? Or do we simply say by the time we're wrong that we're wrong and admit that what we have done is not good? Because it's better for us to do that and to act like we've not done anything because that doesn't leave a great weakness we see here that jonah does not do any of this he admits that he has done wrong he admits to his wrong and he's responsible and he even wants them to throw him off board because he feels that but until, until they do that then there's not going to be peace sometimes i wonder was jonah so desperate not to go to Nineveh that he was ready to be killed because this was like almost a suicidal mission saying to them throw me aboard you know just take me off this ship if you take me off the ship this ship is going to be the everything is going to be calm the sellers did not want to do that and all of this we can see this is god's mercy playing out because i mean gosh could have just destroyed the ship like that but the sellers did not want to do that and eventually the bible says that he kept on going on and on and on and guess what the bible says the bible says in verse 11 the sea was getting tougher and tougher so they asked what should we do to make the sea calm down for us 
and then we have verse 12 pick me up and throw me into the sea he replied and it will become calm i know that is my fault that this great storm has come upon you so ability to take responsibility verse 13 instead the men did their best to roll back to land but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before then they cried out to the lord please lord do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. They offered his sacrifice, offered the sacrifice to the Lord, and made vows to him. Hallelujah. That is so interesting. This is Jonah not wanting to preach to the Ninevites, not wanting to preach to the Gentiles. And right there, where his God is making him do that right there where he is we get gentiles repenting by a counter you know of what god did bible says that maybe they threw jonah out guess what the sea calm calm down and I, when i was reading this one of the things that came to my mind is is there a jonah in my boat or am i even a jonah am i doing something that is actually a jonah in the situation of where i am is there a Jonah in my boat? And listen, Jonah does not have to be physical. Sometimes Jonah is a mental attitude. Sometimes Jonah is something abstract, something that we're battling with, something that we have not left that we actually really have to meet. Sometimes Jonah is the, is the flesh, you know, something we need to put away from. I want us to turn our Bibles at this point to the book of Colossians. I believe that's where I saw that reference. Let's turn our Bibles kindly to the book of Colossians. I'm turning mine today. And that's Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 11. It's a piece of a long read. It says, Put to death, therefore, I tell you, they needed to put Jonah to death. Training him aboard was like putting him to death. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity, passion, and desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of this, the Bible says, The wrath of God is coming. In this, you once walked when you were living in them, but now, hallelujah, you they have put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, or obscene talk from you, from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put all of the, your old self with old practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator hallelujah it says our new self that is what we should put on is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator i remember this knowledge comes from what from studying of the word of god from reading the word of god and we said when we started that when the bible says the word of the lord came to jonah we said that that phrase is a phrase as we use almost 200 times the bible we said that was an act of the mercy of god and the bible tells us here that as we study the word of God, we are being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator. The word of God is extremely important. Bible says that we should put to death and we do that in the place of renewing of our mind. Why? If we look at the ICB version, verse 11 says that you have begun to live the new life. In your new life, you are being made new. You are becoming like the one who made you. This new life brings you the true knowledge of God. It brings you the true knowledge of God. So the Bible says what? That Jonah was thrown aboard. And be sailors, 
began to worship God. Some people think that they got converted. Some people want us to like note the fact that when the Bible says that these sellers pray to their own gods, you know, it was uh, like a little G. And then when the Bible says that they were acknowledging the Lord, we see them acknowledging the Lord there. But whatever happened, these sellers had an encounter. They were able to see what happened immediately Jonah was thrown away because as far as they're concerned throwing Jonah away was like committing suicide was like killing him you know and they're like oh god please forgive us we don't want to do this but this is what he has said and Bible says immediately they did that there was a great calm there was a great calm and child of god i wonder is there a Jonah in our boat is there something we need to be thrown overboard is there something that is not in alignment with the will of god that we need to deal with so that the, the storm can end that storm we're experiencing is it because we have a Jonah in our boat is it because we are acting like Jonah is it because we refuse to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us that's why the storm is still raging remember last week we talked about several reasons why a storm could come and we said one of those reasons could be God chastening us that could be a reason why we are experiencing the storms and child of God immediately these people threw away Jonah guess what the storm stops sometimes we need to be ready to say bye-bye to some people we need to be ready to cut ties with some people we need to be ready to say no i'm not having this done sometimes we need to delete some numbers because all that all the world what happens with those numbers does those numbers take us to a place where at the end of the day we are ashamed of what we have done and where we have been no 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 no, no. child of god god wants us to live our new life child of god god wants us to be able to say goodbye to what needs to be said goodbye god wants us to be able to throw every journal like attitude a away from the sheep away from the sheep so that we can become renewed in knowledge of jesus we can become renewed in our mind even in the knowledge of jesus just as we see these people do the bible says that there was a great camp after the children away so let's go on let's continue we're continuing this lesson um let's go further down we still have some time so we're going to go further down we're going to the next chapter so in this next chapter we see that jonah has been thrown away and the bible says that from inside the fish jonah prayed to the lord his god he said let's stop there bible says from inside the fish this is jonah praying in the fish hallelujah i tell you this is the ubiquitous of prayer this is the beauty of prayer you can pray any anywhere, anytime, any place, any day. You don't have to face a certain direction to pray. You don't have to, you don't have to say a certain level of things for you to pray. You can come to God just as you are. You can come to God wherever you are because we see if someone could pray in the belly of the fish, child of God, we have no excuse. We should be able to pray. No wonder the Bible says that we should pray at all times. We should pray without season. We should just continuously keep a life of prayer. And that's what we see Jonah doing here. And the Bible says that he prayed to the Lord his God and the Bible says that he said the Bible says that um, he said and then he said he said so that means he spoke his prayer you know because sometimes there are some prayers that we have that we you know we just keep to ourselves there are some prayers we have that we say in our minds any which way in this particular prayer Jonah said and sometimes we might not have to use words sometimes right in our minds we'll pray we see that with Nehemiah when Nehemiah was praying for this lady uh, was praying when he was told by the king the king asked him king said to him 
Oh, Nehemiah, what's the problem? If you remember in the book of Nehemiah, when Nehemiah heard about what had happened to the children of Israel, about the walls of Jerusalem, he was bothered. And the Bible says, when the king said to him, what is the problem? He said, I made a quick prayer, you know, to the Lord God. And he didn't have words coming out. He had to say the prayer inside his heart. And child of God, you know, God heard that prayer. So it doesn't matter whether you're so weak, you think, oh, I don't have the energy to pray. Just whisper a prayer. God is there. God is hearing that prayer. If Jonah could pray from the belly of the fish child of God then we could pray from anywhere hallelujah and, and yes just because we could pray from anywhere guess what there was solitude in Jonah's prayer he was in the belly of fish Jesus enjoined us in the book of Matthew that when we want to pray we should go to our closet we should speak to our father hallelujah go to our closet speak to our father rather than praying out sometimes because sometimes when we're praying out it always looks odd you know sometimes it looks like what are we doing sometimes we pray in the open sometimes we pray in the secret but God wants our prayer time to be a time between us and himself hallelujah so let's uh, let's turn our bibles further on as we look at the prayer of jonah at this time so we see as it were we see jonah he's praying from the belly of the fish so let's turn our bibles let's get there and see jonah's prayer because by the time i began to look at this jonah's prayer i was like wow jonah's prayer is full of the word jonah's prayer is full of um if you look at the prayer you find out that jonah is saying things that is actually in the psalms he's praying from the word and i think that that's a very important basis for our prayers because sometimes our prayers are emotional sometimes our prayers do not have any word base but guess what, child of God, if we're going to pray well, we must know what the word says because that's what we're asking God to do. God is not moved by our tears and all of that. The Bible even tells us that angels move by the, they move, you know, what makes the angels to move is God's word. That is what is going to move them. So let's turn our Bibles and let's see what Jonah is praying because as I began to look at Jonah's prayer, I found out that Jonah's prayer was word-based. So let's turn our Bibles and think about Jonah's prayer. He started with a thanksgiving. And why must we do thanksgiving? Because we know that God is good. Because we know that he's sovereign. And he, we are sure, child of God, that he delights to show us mercy. And I want to say here that thanksgiving is an act of faith. Not necessarily you know, something to do with our emotions. An act of faith. We come to God in faith saying, God, we thank you. God, we know that the things you want to do for us are good. So let's see, what does Jonah say? Because he's right here in the, in the belly of the fish. Now that reminds me, I think this is one of the most controversial places in the book. This is one of the things that people talk about. Was he actually swallowed by a fish? What kind of fish was he swallowed? What kind of fish swallowed him? <laughs> That's what kind of fish did he swallow? No, no, no. What kind of fish swallowed him? Was it a whale? was it this was it that that's not the question because the bible just tells us that god provided a fish sent a fish to swallow him and and that's just it and i, I think we should take god's word for it and we should just think it's a fable because when jesus was speaking he referred to this in the book of matthew chapter 12 verse 40 jesus said that just as jonah spent three days in the belly of the fish so shall the son of man actually be, you know, be in the grave for three days before he rises again. And I thank God that this season we're going to be, this week is actually the very Easter week. So I just found this very apt as in while we're talking about this. Child of God, guess what? The Bible says that Jesus will 
compared to this just Jonas staying in the belly of the fish. So yes, it is authentic. Yes, it did happen. It's not a fable. It's not an allegory. This is something that happened. The prophet's disobedience caused him to be swallowed by a fish. And that in itself was an act of the mercy of God. Because guess what, child of God, he could have been drowned. We don't even know how much of what he was drowning before the fish came. But God commanded a fish. I tell, I tell you that God uses any of his creature. The last time he used the storm to, you know, turn the wind around to make people know that, listen, I'm not happy with Jonah. The second time here again, we see him is using a fish. God can use anything to meet us at the point of our need. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so we find Jonah here beginning his prayer. We see that his prayer is word-based because if we look at the very first part of his prayer, let's turn our Bibles there, Jonah chapter 2. He says, In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. If we turn our Bibles to Psalm 18 verse 6, we will see the same thing put in just a very different light. It says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. There he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to the earth. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. My cry came out to him, even to the earth. And then we go to verse 3. Verse 3 tells us here, You hauled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the current swelled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Hallelujah. If we look at the book of Psalms, chapter 42, verse 2, we would see that being said. It says, "Deep calls unto deep at the name at the name of your waterfalls. All, all your bellies have gone over me. Hallelujah! All your bellies have gone over me." And then, if we go further down again, we say, verse four. It says, "I said, I've been banished from your side. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple." And then we see that actually happening in the book of Psalm thirty-one, verse twenty-two. It says. For I swore, I said in my haste, I am caught up from before you. Sorry, I'm just going to look at this copy. So I said in my haste, I'm caught up from before your eyes. Needless, you have you have heard the voice of my supplication when I cried out to you. So this is Jonah. I said to you that Jonah's prayer was word-based. He doesn't have the Bible here with him, but he obviously has memorized this prayer. He has memorized this scripture and show he's able to use these scriptures to pray. We see that Jonah's prayer is embedded and centered around the word of God. I mean, this is just like the book of Psalms. And he did not have any Bible there in the belly of the fish, but I believe that it is the word of God that he had read, the word of God that he most probably had meditated on that was the word of god that came to him and child of god that's the power of the word of god because it's the word of god that forms the basis as it were for our prayers the word of god should form the basis for our prayers because if we see it in the world we know that it is possible if we see it in the world we know that it is possible but we see here god saying listen we see jonah here praying these prayers and a child of god it tells us a lot about god also when we look at these prayers we see that jonah was praying jonah was asking the lord he was almost falling you know he was right there in the sheep's belly and he was asking the lord to do things for him if we go on further it says to the roots of the mountains i sank down the earth beneath 
bad me forever but you oh lord my god brought me up from the pit when my life was ebbing away i remembered you lord and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple verse 8 says those who cling to worthless idols turn away from god's love for them verse 9 but i will shout a grateful praise with sacrifice to you what i vowed i will make good i will say salvation comes from the lord and the bible says verse 10 and the lord commanded the fish and it vomited jonah onto dry land the lord commanded the fish and it vomited jonah onto dry land hallelujah yeah. that's quite interesting because we see here jonah himself has come into a situation where he has had to pray initially we found the sailors praying jonah wasn't doing any prayer but jonah has come alone with god in the belly of the fish for three days and i remember when i was reading this one of the things that came to me was that jonah was in a place of solitude and i asked myself when last did you go to a place of solitude when last was it just you and god when last did you take out time to just spend some time with god to just as he will let me not say date him again Again, but just take our time to say, God, I'm here to listen to what you have to say. I'm here to fellowship with you. Sometimes, child of God, we need this solitude to know the next thing we're supposed to do. We need this. We need to keep our spirits quiet and just be between ourselves and God to hear what God is saying to us. Hallelujah. I think in the next lesson, we're just going to look at some of the things we learned from this prayer of Jonah. But for today, I think we're going to stop here concerning the fact about what we've learned, concerning the fact, child of God, that is important for us to get rid of Jonah. I mean, I mean, this Jonah does not need to be physical. This Jonah sometimes can be spiritual. This Jonah sometimes can be an attitude. This Jonah sometimes could be something that we're doing that is stopping us. It's causing there to be a storm in our boat. There's a storm in our boat. There's a storm in the sea of life as we're going ahead. And why is there a storm? Because we have a Jonah. Because we have something that needs to be thrown about. Because immediately Jonah was thrown about. Guess what? The Bible says that the whole place became calm. The sailors were surprised. Price. They began to sacrifice to God. They began to acknowledge Him as God because they threw away Jonah. Child of God, there is a time where we need to get rid of Jonah, and it doesn't have to be ugly. Because if you see these people, it wasn't ugly. They were sorry as it were to throw Jonah out because they just felt that they were, you know, putting him to death. And child of God, we said we need to put to death some things. We need to put to death the old nature, the old flesh. We need to put to death some certain things that stop us from maximizing the grace of God so that we can be recipients of the mercy of God like Jonah. Because Jonah experienced mercy rather than falling and drowning in, I mean, drowning in the sea. Guess what? God commanded the fish to swallow Jonah to save him from drowning. I was really something one of the commentaries i read uh, someone sermon who said three days you know in a, in a peculiar hotel this was a peculiar hotel for jenna three days in the belly of the fish and right where he was god saw him no wonder the psalmist said where can i flee from your presence no that the psalmist said let's see if i go and make my bed in hell yeah then if i go up there yeah then psalm 139 remember that the very first thing that bible tells us that jenna was doing was that he was fleeing for the presence of god but can we see how very interesting jenna's fleeing is because right there in the belly of the fish god is seeing him right there in the belly of the fish he's making prayers he's making thanksgiving and god is hearing all that he's saying and i don't know what situation you're in child of god you're wondering does god see me i want to say yes he sees you he sees you lovingly he watches over you the bible says that he encourages us that we should not think oh the lord has forgiven us forgotten i said listen can a mother forget her suckling child if she cannot forget her chuckling child then guess what i can never forget you glory to god in the highest god's mercy is always around us 
God does not forget us. God is interested in us. God wants us to be the fullest of what he has called us to be. And we can only be that when we work in the pathway of obedience, when we are ready to say, yes, Lord, this is what you said I am going to do. When we are ready, like the sailors, to say no to Jonah, to take away every Jonah away from our boat and make sure that we ourselves are not Jonah so that we can maximize the grace and the mercy of God upon our lives. We are going to stop here. We will continue again. Father, we thank you for your word again. We thank you for what you've taught us so far. We thank you for the power of prayer. We thank you because you hear prayer. No wonder your word says that to the one that answered prayer through you would all flesh come. You love and you delight in our prayers. And so God, I pray for everyone listening today, everyone going through a tough time, everyone going through storms, everyone needing your divine intervention in one way or the other, I'm asking that you will come true for them in the name of Jesus. I'm asking Lord that as you extended mercy to Jonah and caused him not to be drowned, that you will cause this our bread and not to be drowned, that you will prepare whatever fish it is, whatever thing it is, so that they will not be overwhelmed. But Lord, they will be surrounded by the shadow and surrounded by the fullness of your love and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the integrity of your word and thank you because you alone are God and you will continue to show us mercy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.